and welcome to Reanimated. This is episode 330. Who could have ever guessed that we would do this 330 times? Um, it's also something like our uh, 11th anniversary of doing this podcast. Is that no 12th? Really? 10th, 10th or 9th, 9th or 10th. Mm, yeah. Feels, feels just like yesterday, Stuart. We've just been doing like it yesterday for a minute. Uh, and um, well, that was those were, as you might know, if you're a, a longtime listener to the Dulcet Tones of H.A. Conrad. Hello, coming at us from the East Coast. How are you today? I'm doing I'm doing great. Fantastic. Cannot complain. Um, the only thing missing is more iced coffee. I, I misjudged and I just should have gotten two and I didn't. And so now I'm, I'm kind of sadly looking at my empty glass, but I'll have to prevail. I'll have to just be able to battle on through. <laughs> so One should always double down, double, double down on the iced coffee. I know. I know. Um, um, my name is Stuart also, and I'm on the West coast and, uh, alongside me on the, on the West coast, a little further North is, uh, Kyle Diaz. Kyle's coming back to us today. Hi, Kyle. Morning. How are you both doing? Well, I guess you just answered. I'm enjoying <laughs> the three day weekend. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, today is Memorial day as we record this. So, um, I hope that listeners are also able to, in, in the U.S. at least, are able to take advantage of a day to handle their shit or, uh, <laughs> you know, try to put their lives back together, whatever, whatever it is we use days off for. Um, today, we're going to be talking about Doctor Strange and the in the multiverse of madness and in he's in it uh and we have a bit of news to cover actually uh, a lot of news today uh, yeah. it was like it all saved up for this weekend yeah um but yeah uh i i was pretty excited to see this first little item uh it was quite enjoyable <laughs> tiny and delightful uh and this is from one of my favorite things that comes around every, I don't even know how often, if it's every year or every 18 months, but um, Love, Death and Robots is this anthology animation series that comes out on Netflix every so often. It's the third iteration this that just came out uh, like two weeks ago. And uh, there's an episode in this uh, season called Night of the Mini Dead. And I... Um, Threw it in the show notes and and Kyle and HA kindly uh, watched or rewatched it before the podcast so we can have a little bit of a gab about it. So um, it, it's shot in the this like tilt shift style, which used to be huge, like when Instagram filters first came out mm -hmm. in 2008, everything was tilt shift for a hot minute. Um, and it's kind of using that perspective to tell the story. Um, and I, I think it's adorable, which is probably the wrong word because it's also like, you know, a, a zombie story. But that was my my main uh, adjective to take away from it. Kyle, what was your what was your uh, initial imp uh, impression? It was adorable because you're at such a remove from the actual mm -hmm. gore. You know, it's just it's almost like a, it reminded me of like those uh, video games that you get advertised about on TikTok where it's like, come play this like game where all these tiny, you know, knights are fighting all these tiny samurai or something. Um, but it was, uh, super adorable and very funny. I love the little tiny squeaky voices that they had for everybody. And when they brought in the Mad Max theme for oh, you know, yeah. these, these like, uh, kind of wrecking ball guys coming through, you know, love death and robots. is one of those things that, um, I struggle with is just that like, there's so many different avenues for like, uh, content these days. And 
some especially Netflix stuff because they drop it all at once. It just like blips, you know, it just like comes and goes. And so I watched the first anthology of Love, Death and Robots back in like three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. And then I just completely forgot about it. And so when you sent me this, I was like, oh, my gosh, they've kept on making this. And there's like two more anthologies and little shorts like this. Like, I just had no idea that this was even still happening. So now I'm gift. very excited to go back and catch up. Yeah. Um, H.A., what are you what were your impressions? Um, I, I it's the same thing as Kyle. Like I kind of missed that this was even coming out. And I like um, it's also something I enjoy, but there's just so much content out there. And then you're like, oh, my goodness, I'm just missing this whole little thing. Um, I also thought it was adorable. And I but I especially I always love the detail that they managed to put into this, even from this sort of uh, distance that they put in and the effects. And they get so much across in such a small amount of time that I just really enjoyed it thoroughly it's it's definitely an art and it must have taken so long to do it all (laughs) you know like this is like an incredibly complex um little uh i don't even know what you would call this uh diorama i don't know it just is uh and then the little squeaky voices awesome as always um (laughs) and they go really through the full like they hit a lot of like different their their homages in this are pretty amazing so i i love this i will say this is definitely my favorite way that the zombie apocalypse has ever gotten started that was hilarious i'm not going to spoil it for anybody because it it deserves to be seen and and uh laughed at yeah agree also yeah the takeaway from the very end of the 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 episode is also like it's it's comedic it's also kind of sad but it's just yeah. like the you know uh I, I felt like the even though they were they were just kidding around the entire time there is like a message here which is just kind of like well what's the fucking point mm-hmm. <laughs> which i appreciated uh yeah so i'd say if anybody hasn't had a chance to see this it sounds like love death and robots falls off people's radars um get out there and watch it especially now that stranger things just dropped a new season today or i don't know when but it's i noticed i noticed that too yeah yeah. Uh, stranger things dropped a thing but did you see how long the episodes are no they're like two hours a piece oh my god it's crazy It is absolutely insane. Um, but now also explains why it took so long to, to get it out there. Um, and they are in full fledged. No, this is a full fledged, like big budget show. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I'm going to be really I'm going to be really excited to dig in. But we had considered watching an episode la- late last night and then realized it was two hours. And we were like, well, maybe we'll save that for tonight. Yeah, God, uh, I just took a look at it. It's, uh, it's only seven episodes, but all of them are more than an hour long. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So. Wow. OK, well, that's you know, there's a lot of great stuff out there to, to dig yeah. into, uh, including. Well, there's a trailer, a new trailer out called, um, f- by Blumhouse, I believe, uh, for a movie called Unhuman, which is actually coming out. It's kind of like whatever today's equivalent of direct to direct to uh, yeah. DVD is, because it's it's like you can buy it on digital on June 3rd. Yep. Um, and so that trailer has a lot of vibes to me of um, not not quite like a ripoff of Zombieland, but if it has a similar sort of approach, which is all these like title cards and stuff. Yep. Uh, any, uh, any impressions from our panel here? I mean, it, that's exactly what I thought when I saw the trailer is that they're riffing a lot on Zombieland and um, definitely the, the tropey, you know, the different factions of, of the, like the popular 
versus nerds. And they even riff off of that in the in the trailer, like in high school, you know what I mean? Like the different cliques and whatnot. Um, and they're definitely taking, you know, they're doing the very like kind of quick takes and they have the the humor thrown spliced in there. Um, but, you know, I'm willing to watch it. Let's see. But what concerns me, what concerns me a little bit is that maybe we're seeing the best parts of this in the trailer, which sometimes happens. That has, as we have certainly been burned by that before. Kyle, did you uh, have a chance to check this trailer out? Yeah, I'm really glad you found this because I saw it recently and I, I, I watched it and I was like, that looks like fun. And that looks like something that uh, Stuart and HA should talk about. And then I forgot the name of the movie entirely. And so I was sitting here about 15 minutes before we were recording today being like zombie movie, 2022 new zombie movie zombie movie coming out and i was not finding it anywhere and i couldn't i was like man i i remember that there was some some trailer that i watched that looked like fun so um i don't know i i think it looks pretty good and i, I uh i think bloom uh, blumhouse has a a reasonably good track record for just like schlocky fun and then every once in a while they'll do something spectacular mm-hmm. so like you know they they produced get out uh they produced uh um all of the uh, purge and insidious movies and stuff, which are kind of fun. Um, they did those like happy death day to you movies. Uh, I think they, you know, they, they're hit or miss, but overall, like when I see uh, Blumhouse, I think it's probably going to be pretty, pretty good. It's not like a 24 or anything where I know it's going to be spectacular, but it's like, I, I trust that, that brand. So, you know, I'm, I'm willing to give it the benefit of the doubt. I'm, I'm interested in seeing it. Well, good for Blumhouse that they're they're building that sort of brand recognition that the, they've got a they've got a Kyle guaranteed audience. Um, <laughs> Not a guarantee, I, but, <laughs> but it's a good sign. <laughs> I uh, I had I did laugh out loud when the one guy is like, "I'm a level twenty raw rogue in D and D," and that's even like that's kind of a deep cut for even people who know what D and D is because raw is an acronym that stands for rules as written, which means that he is like a straight edge D and D player. Whoever wrote that line of dialogue was, uh, is to like really going for that audience who knows what that means. Cause you, yeah, rules as written is something you use in things like adventurers league, which is like the official way to play D and D in a, in an organized setting. So, wow. Nice, nice going there. Uh, script writer. Uh, this does look like fun. Um, yeah, that will definitely be something that I think we're going to have to approach and, and talk about and other things that we are avoiding talking about or approaching. <laughs> yeah. OK, so I will admit I can't even watch the trailer for this this dang film. Is this off the tra- off the table now? Are we not going to be able to I do it? I think I can't. I can't like even just the stills are like really. And I started to try to like I watched a bit of like an earlier trailer, I think. And that was like semi OK. But then the more expanded the trailers have gotten, the less I'm able to watch it. So I just don't know if I can get through this because it's got my worst fear, which is just like, it's more to me, this feels more like demonic possession, which what I just, are you, what are we talking about? It. HA? Oh, we you... are talking about the sadness, which is yeah. a Taiwanese quote unquote zombie film, but it doesn't really feel like a zombie film because they're not mindless. They are intelligent, cunning and terrifying they're and always smiling to me that's like the that, most unsettling that thing creepy that creepy smiling thing and then there's like stills in this particular article that are like just um and it's a shutter original um and every, it keeps getting these headlines like the most brutal zombie movie and i don't know like like it feels like more of the most brutal demonic possession virus 
movie or something. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, I don't know if I can watch this. The jury is out, but I'm I'm trending towards no on this. I, I don't know if I can do it. This the the stills are giving me nightmares. I can't. I just can't. Um, and yeah. and so anyway, but we'll we'll have to. I don't know. Maybe I'll revisit. But right now, I don't know. Just what watching this freaked me out. Just I'm a, I'm a little off put by it too. It's, you know, this m- most brutal question mark. Um, I, I am, you know, not to to go too much into current events, but I am definitely in a place where I'm not ready to see children and violence against children. Uh, yep, it, like I, I, I'm always, I'm almost never ready for that. But I feel like films are starting to dabble with that more often. Um, and you know, Virus Thirty Two had a little kid, and we talked about it last week. And there was a kid who was killed in that movie, but off screen. Um, and and. I don't know if you guys have seen the uh, first two episodes of Obi-Wan, uh, but that came out this week too. And they go back to the Jedi temple and oh, no, they've really? had to, they've had to add uh descriptive text in the, in the, um, on like the, you know, the intro saying like BT dubs, there's scenes of like a school under attack basically by uh, clone troopers um, in this episode it's it's you know it's it does not even come close to violence against children but you know that's that's a thing in that universe uh, and i don't think anybody's really ready for any of that shit right now so it's been um and i'm i i would hesitate to go into the sadness not knowing what level of brutality they are considering like um, okay you know it is extraordinarily brutal and there are a lot of like sexual violence scenes in it um from what yeah. i understand which is also something that i just don't know that i can yeah deal with um aside from the 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 possession thing um and so yeah i i may have to take a pass on this one um and uh, Kyle, have you been tracking this movie at all? No, I've just been looking at it while you guys have been talking. And I think that, f- f- except for this article, like if I were just watching the trailer or seeing the stills, I'm not sure I would have clocked it as anything different than just a typical zombie film. So, yeah, uh, this is a good, <laughs> maybe a good warning that this might be, you know, more more than I can handle. I, I, uh, I don't, I'm, I'm a, um, a uh, prolific abandoner of media. Um, I, I, if I'm like reading a book and I get to like page 50 and I'm not loving it, I'm like, I'm done. And if I get to a movie and I'm like 10 minutes in and it's just not working for me, uh, I'm done. So, uh, you know, that's, I think that's actually a a strength. Like there are some people that I know who are like, once they start something, they have to finish it. No, I'm kind of in the same camp as you, Kyle. I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a prolific abandoner, but if things are just kind of like not, not really drawing me in, I'm like, ah, there's. Yeah, I'll just pull the record. Yeah, I I could could put down a book uh, pretty easily. Do you ever walk out of the movies? I I have never walked out of a movie, but I think that's more just because I'm not watching a lot of, like if I'm going to see a movie in the theater, I'm paying money. I'm pretty sure I'm, at least going to be somewhat interested in what it's saying before I go in the door. So Um, I'd also say that I've, I've read now a few other reviews of this, which uh, there are indeed some, a lot of violence against children, specifically babies. I don't know if it's on screen or off, like on or off screen, but I'm like, "Eh, I don't know about that. Yeah. So yeah, I I am also not a, a I'm not a maximalist horror person who like, I don't like to see, gore or violence or stuff like that just for the sake of being 
extreme or whatever. So I, I don't think this is going to click with me on any level, knowing knowing what I know about it now. Yeah. So I, maybe maybe the sadness will never uh, come into our our universe, or maybe you know we'll see. Uh, uh, maybe yeah. we'll leave it to some of our our listeners to. Well, the, the thing yeah. is, if, if people are saying if people are saying, "Hey, this movie is brutal, but it's so amazing," and like it does things with the zombie genre that you've never seen, or it's like you know says something, or you know, like if it, I'm not really seeing anything just scanning through here that says anything about the actual quality of the film it's just all about the brutality of the film and that's the easy part in a way so you know if if somebody were to you know write something about how this uh you know is is saying something interesting and different and moving or is kind of uh more than just you know an exercise in special effects essentially then um that would make me more interested but i'm not seeing that on the kind of just googling that i was doing just now yeah. All right. Well, we'll have to we'll have to maybe maybe wait for more stuff to come out. But at, at this point, I'd say it's a pass, um, which is a shame. I don't like to take things off of our you know table. Uh, we've 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 definitely watched a lot of things we shouldn't have. Which <laughs> that's maybe, maybe that's why that's informing some of these decisions. But uh, on this topic, uh, Fear the Walking Dead is back. You know, like it's been back for a few weeks. I have not uh, been interested to watch it at all. Me neither. Um, and, and I don't know that I maybe I will just like idly. I don't think that you and I are ever going to like do a, a breakdown of episode by episode of that show again, because we've just no, been so disappointed. I think, we could do, I think we could do like a summary. I would like um, I would like to at least review like the the return, the triumph, triumphant return of Ms. Dickens, Dickinson. Um, but um or is it Dickinson? Or it's Dickens, Dickens, Kim Dickens. Dickens. Sorry. I always say I mess up her in in. in is uh, another actor but um in any case i would maybe do that but i don't know that we would do a blow by blow because it's just too terrible at this point it's um, very very bad and the news we, this week is yeah. that unsurprisingly um one of the last original cast members uh, in addition to coleman domingo uh, alicia debnam carey is leaving the show um, I, I will not go into like in the article that we'll have in the, in the show notes, there are spoilers for how she leaves and what happened in the most recent episodes, which I haven't seen, but I don't care. Like I went I and clicked on that article and I read it knowing that it was going to have spoilers, but I had zero, you know, Fs to give. So that kind of speaks to my frame of mind for this show. I don't really care. Well, about and also plot. it doesn't really surprise me because of how they sort of were playing even, you know, and again, we haven't seen the second half, but her presence was not overwhelmingly like um, it felt like she was clearly filming, either filming something else or whatever needed breaks because she wasn't really on screen a ton. Oh no. She was in like two episodes for the first yeah. half of the season. Uh, and you know, she, she wrote, she, I, I guess she wrote like a, a farewell on her social, uh, which was like, you know, I started this show when I was 21. Now I'm 28 and it's time to go do something else. And I'm like, yeah. Probably should have left a couple of years ago, honestly. <laughs> like when uh, when Frank Delane, or was that his name, the guy who played Nick, yeah. when he left, you maybe should have uh, hitched hitched your wagon to that too. Because honestly, it's just a bad story. Like it's been very, it's been a bad, badly written story for years. It hasn't done anything for her as an actor, I assume, to stay on that show, unless it was just like really good paychecks. Oh, I, I suspect there had to be good paychecks involved, but you know, 
in any case, I think maybe at some point we'll, we'll do a very quick summary of the rest of this, but I don't know that I have it in me yet. No. Um, and la- is this the last part of our... This is the last yeah, piece yeah. of news. So, so you know, as everybody knows, Walking Dead, uh, the OG is kind of wrapping up. And um, I I know that the, uh, the area in Georgia has been kind of worried about this and sad about this. And so just because this has brought a lot of business to their area, and it's going to continue because apparently... Um, some of the houses that they built for the purposes of the show are now for sale. I don't know what the level of quality of the construct of the construction of these houses is, but I, I can imagine there are some super fans out there that, that are going to buy them. And then they, the very funny thing about the, these articles is that they like make comments that some of the actors actually stayed in the houses during the filming. And I'm like, Oh, you're just, you're just trying to like, I don't know, market every, every last uh, I don't know every last moment of this, but the Fox News uh, interview yeah. that's that's in here is is pretty pretty hokey and not great. Yes. Uh, oh like the God. the anchor can't stop talking or laughing and guffawing as the dude is explaining what's going on with these houses. Like, <laughs> could could you make a joke about uh, some of the things that happened in these homes? And the guy's like, "Watch the show. Leave me alone." God, fucking annoying. I know it's pretty it's pretty ridiculous, but um. But anyway, and I was I just like, I was Im- impressed that AMC was like, yeah, we're going to build actual homes, like custom homes that we'll use as sets. And I guess, the, you know, if they had people staying in them too, more power to them. The, the parcels are pretty small. Yeah, they're like, tiny. Th- these homes are right on top of each other. And I don't know that I would want to live on a street where you've seen that neighborhood get destroyed by so many different people. Well, and how, I mean, it's not, I don't know, like, like, again, shoddy construction is what I think of immediately. And also you're, you know, what do you do after you get there? I mean, I guess, I don't know. Do you run tours through that town? Is that, is, can you do that? Like, it just feels a little weird to me, but hey, more power to whoever wants to live on this street, I suppose. But I don't know that I would be doing that. I bet they're pretty well built just because uh, the, the scale of the budget that these things operate on is just so huge that, you know, it, it's not your typical like contractor trying to save, a you know, cut corners everywhere because it's going like straight into their pocket. Like I'm sure they were, you know, the production budget for this stuff was absolutely massive. All right. um, so, but, so it was massive, but yeah. these were built during pandemic times. No, these and were these were, were these long that. before because I thought that they said that they had sort of added on because people ended up having to stay in them because of the pandemic. So, anyway, I just don't like if they're not intending for people to live in them permanently. I just don't really trust that, no matter what the budget is. But that's I just think that I just think they got to be a little bit weird somehow, like <laughs> uh, because movie sets are not usually like livable spaces so i'm just like there must be like places where rooms are weirdly big or rooms are weirdly shaped or you know they're oh yeah there's like, like where, they, where walls, they had the camera like film yeah. through and yeah, yeah. Like i just I, th- I just think there must be weird stuff about them but i didn't see anything looking through here that was too strange yeah. they, made a, they made an illusion uh in the interview that the handprints are on the porch they didn't actually show them but they were like check out that one porch it's there too uh for carl and uh judith yeah, yeah, yeah. um yeah but you know w- one thing that i think is kind of telling here is that it seems like amc is pulling up stakes and getting out of georgia uh which they'd been you know they've been there for 
11 years um, and the next spinoffs, I don't know where they're going to be set. Certainly one is in uh, New York for the um, Negan and Maggie storyline. We don't know where Carl, we don't know where Carol and Daryl are going to end up on their spinoff and the tales could be all over the world. But it seems like that long relationship of AMC and Georgia might be over. And that's very fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, I will also say that the amount that these are going for are like, I don't know. Around what do you, like what do you see? A million or so, I think. Yeah. Well, they're custom homes. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like a lot, though, for Atlanta. Yeah. Um, and I do, I will, I will say that you don't have to worry like the big wall, they're going to take that down. So, um, I guess some fans were upset about that, but you know, you can't really live, you know, can't really can't, I guess you could, if you're really into that, but that just seems like a bad idea to have that up, but you know. Wow. Okay. I mean, yeah, a million is a lot, but these, they, they do have good countertops. (laughs) <laughs> and built-ins but i agree like there's got to be weird things about these houses that are not you know for whatever film reasons and, and all that kind of thing are a little strange this one has an elevator Ooh. uh and probably you know chandler riggs is probably living in the basement of one of them got to imagine maybe maybe I, I wouldn't be surprised he can just do a little like drive through every once in a while um so you know that's that's uh We'll have to, to I'm curious because they're going to have to do a follow up about who like actually bought those houses and we'll we'll have to, you know. If you look on it. Zillow, a lot of these, oh, those, those are the lot prices those and a lot, lot of them are empty, but then some of them are 700 million seems to be the high water mark. But yeah, and there's what, like 10 houses, I think, that are up for sale. Very this, interesting. So, yeah. Not going to be going to Sonoya to buy a home, but I'm sure other people will not be able to stay away. Uh, okay. Well, I believe that's all of our zombie news, unless anybody was holding out and has something else to, to bring up. Uh, in which case, hearing none, we can uh, go ahead and talk about Dr. Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, and I've, I watched this a few weeks ago now, so, um, I'm going to be relying on my memory as poor as that is. And some of the synopsis from Wikipedia, uh, how did, how was your, uh, each of your viewing experiences, HA, how was, uh, where did you see this? Uh, so I saw this at the Nighthawk, which is, you know, similar to like an Alamo draft house, um, no talking, no texting, um, assigned seats like you have to pick them ahead of time um and it was a weirdly empty theater so um and you can get you know adult beverages if you want and good food and that kind of thing um and so it was a very pleasant experience actually um i think we were like two of like maybe eight people in the whole theater okay uh and kyle i almost saw this when I was visiting uh, my childhood friend in DC a couple of weeks ago at an Alamo draft house. And actually, as we were walking into the theater, somebody walking out was like, you guys seen Dr. Strange. It's so good. And I've never had just like a random accosting with a movie review like that before. Like, I would, <laughs> like we did not know this person. They just like, were like those two dudes are seeing a movie. I wonder if it's Dr. Strange. Um, but we decided to see everything everywhere all at once instead. So I just saw it 
two days ago here in Seattle at a theater close to my house. Um, and it was a very full theater and it, except for some extremely bizarre behavior from some other patrons around me, uh, it was a, it, <laughs> it, it was a, I was surprised at how full the theater was uh, so Wait, long after it was released. You yeah. have to describe the bizarre behavior. What, what were they doing? <laughs> so it's like a, uh, a couple older than me, um, as we're waiting in line for concessions, the guy looks over at me and he sees that I'm wearing a, a Patagonia jacket, which to be fair, like 99% of people in Seattle are wearing Patagonia at any given time. And he's like, Patagonia, ever been there? And I was like, no. And he's like, do you even know where it is? Oh, and I was God. like, I do. It's in South America, Chile and Argentina. And then he just proceeds to just brag at me about his trip to Patagonia for like 10 minutes while we're waiting for popcorn. And I'm just like, who the, who the fuck are you? And, and <laughs> Do you do this to everyone that you see in the city wearing Patagonia gear? Because that's a lot of people. And then uh, it turns out that they're there. I, I go in and I find my seat. It's assigned seating, just like your theater um and they sit to my right and in the same row as me and then some other people show up and they're like these are our seats and the guy is like really grumpy about moving he knows he's sitting in someone else's seats or he was like i guess just like wanted those seats and thought maybe they would be empty but he's really grouchy about moving so he moves to the other side of me now he's sitting immediately to my left he talks loudly throughout all of the trailers in the first about 10 minutes of the movie. And then he just leaves and his partner stays there for like a half an hour. And then she like realizes, I guess he's not coming back. So she leaves too. And they left all their food and their beer and everything there and never returned for the whole rest of the movie. Uh, that is really <laughs> odd. It was really weird. Oh, and I forgot that while they were moving from one set of seats to the other set of seats, they managed to just spectacularly spill like a liter sized uh, cup of Coke, like just like so much Coke that they spilled like all over the place and oh uh, like made a huge mess. So it would, they were just like disaster for human beings uh, who were going through something, I guess, but um yeah. I feel I feel like like you got a like a precursor to this just with the comment about the Patagonia jacket. <laughs> it's like it also wasn't like it wasn't like oh I went to this like tiny village called this. It wasn't like useful travel info. It was like did you know there's penguins there? And I was like yeah, this is close to Antarctica. Like why wouldn't there be penguins? Like it was like totally banal stuff about right. that part of the it was so it was so annoying i was like please stop talking to me i'm at the movies by myself i come to the movies by myself specifically so that i don't have to talk to any other human beings precisely <laughs> Wait, so i'm i'm taking my experience over yours any day kyle and what about you Stuart? so i went and i saw it on a mat at a matinee um during the week took you know took a little time uh because i I didn't want to be in a crowded theater and I didn't want to talk to anybody. I got my assigned seat. It was, it was fine. Uh, there was a guy who sat two seats away from me who was like yelling all the answers to the trivia questions like out loud, but he's by himself. I'm like, dude, I don't just, just, you, you don't have to say it out loud. You're, you could say it in your head cause you're by yourself and you'll know if you were right or wrong in about 30 seconds. But, <laughs> uh, but other than he, he piped down when the movie started. So uh, very normal, I would say, movie going experience. It was it was fine, um, you know, for for having to 
to, to for going on on a weekday in a matinee. It was it was pretty um, good. I will share one thing in that our server we asked them about the movie, and they said. Um, Oh, have you seen everything? You know, they, they were like, oh, have you seen everything everywhere all at once? And I'm like, no, that's on our list. And they were like, well, since you already bought the ticket, it's much better than this film. <laughs> 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 Which I honestly thought was hilarious. So I wasn't at all bothered and, you know, wouldn't have changed uh, anything, but it just was really funny. <laughs> so, um, Okay. Well, so we all went to the theater uh, or the movies. We all saw a movie. For me, it was the first time I've been to the movies in years, I would say. Same. Uh, same. Uh, the first time in pre after. Yeah. I, I can't even remember what was. Do you recall what was the last movie you saw in the theaters, Stuart? Because I no, can't. No, it's been too long. I'm sure it wasn't anything like mind blowing. Oh, yeah. I've I've, uh, I've been back going to the movies for six or eight months now uh, on an occasional basis. So it's, it wasn't quite quite as much of an experience for me. Although I think I shared on the podcast previously how uh, I found uh, Dune to be a very thrilling return to the theaters because that was the first one I saw post-pandemic or, you know, since COVID started. Yeah. Um, well, all that aside, it was, uh, it was, you know, got to go to the movies, got to eat some popcorn and uh, not spill Coke, thankfully. Um, and then I sat down and proceeded to watch this film. And very quickly, if I might just share a, a, an early impression of mine, I lost the plot. I was a, uh, at sea. I had no idea what was going on. And I don't know if this is like an old man yelling at clouds sort of thing, or if there's just been like 30 Marvel movies and I can no longer keep them straight. Plus, what if uh, I, I definitely had what if in my head? Uh, because there's that whole Doctor Strange episode of What If, where um, Rachel McAdams' character is dead, uh, and I had completely forgotten that he was no longer the Sorcerer Supreme. So for the entire film, I was convinced that they were in a different multiverse than the one that we're familiar with until the very end. And uh, had you watched WandaVision? Yes, I'd also seen WandaVision. It like it also just like it was days later that I was like, wait, that was our Wanda. Like I, I was complete like uh, so. I'm sorry ahead of time. Um, you know, like the basic, the most basic elements of this movie were, were completely eluding me from <laughs> from the get go, and I'm sure that I will be struggling to keep up with you two as we continue. I don't know about that um, because I had well, having watched WandaVision, I have one really huge gripe with this film. A huge one. Um, but uh, I can see, I do think that there are a ton of storylines going on. And unless you're like really up to date on them, there's definitely things in this that, um, you know, I also forgot he was he was, like about that whole thing about him not being the Sorcerer Supreme. But that but was then, like a throwaway line in the most recent Spider-Man movie, right? right not a throwaway, right. but it was it was a line. It was a joke in the because he was blipped. And I, I had to have somebody right. explain that to me. After, after no, the and fact. I, then I remembered that. And uh, OK, OK. Um, but anyway, um, I wasn't lost in this. Um, and I think maybe because I had done some re some a little bit of like. Oh, reminding myself and reviewing things before seeing the most recent Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man, Spider-Man film, Spider-Man, um, Spider-Man, you know, um, but but and I think that's the only reason why I wasn't quite as lost. What about you, Kyle? 
Uh, I bathe in all things Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, at all times. <laughs> so I, you were fine. I, I did some, I did some preparatory rewatching. Uh, I, I I felt very comfortable and in in control. And I, I think I've, you know, I've I've talked before about this, but like I I just am like so fascinated by what Marvel is doing here and i don't think it's like any other uh cinematic experience that has ever been uh done before like I, and there's there's really like not all the movies are great in fact most of the movies are like somewhat mediocre to okay but they the degree of connections between them and the degree to which it rewards you for investing more and more and more of your time and the baseline level of quality that they maintain so that it never feels well with a couple of exceptions there are there is a character in this film uh black bolt who was apparently in a tv show that i not only never watched but barely remembered existed um that was ensign mount like not an insignificant actor too (laughs) so he was in inhumans which is a a tv show that the marvel cinematic universe would mostly like to forget they ever tried to uh, (laughs) conjure up um but yeah i i uh I, I I had rewatched Doctor Strange and I had recently seen Spider-Man and um, checked out some of the end of WandaVision again before going into this, just because I had a feeling those things would all be, uh, would yeah. all be relevant. Well, you I understood mean- the assignment then, Kyle, and I clearly <laughs> didn't. I just I did not do my homework and I went in to take the test and I, I did not pass the test. Um, what I will say is that, like Kyle, I'm always very, usually very impressed with what they do um, in terms of the MCU and the connections. And in this case, I think they fell down horribly. Um, so I feel like they negated the entire WandaVision moral and story and almost forgot that the whole thing happened. Um, so specifically with regard to her character, I just was really disappointed in this. Um, well, but... they take her character to a, to an insane extreme. Yeah, I mean, and and at the end of WandaVision, and we, I haven't rewatched that, but I remember that having kind of a chill ending where she was persuaded that she was doing something crazy. Uh, she kind of backed away from the edge. Um, That's my right? point. It's yeah. almost like they were relitigating and redoing this entire thing that they had already done. Yeah, so they just focused through... on those two kids like to this insane degree. So all this, and honestly, Stuart, I kind of thought, similar to you, I thought maybe this was, the reason why this was happening was that maybe this this was a different universe because I couldn't understand why they were kind of going back over this ground. They had already very uh, carefully, I thought, um, sort of explored. Um, And I don't like the trope of this and the sort of flatness that they played her character in terms of her motivation and, and this one thing, um, which, you know, you could see happening, but it just felt like they'd already explored all this in WandaVision very well. And, and I thought incredibly, um, you know, uh, I, I just loved how they ended the series in terms of like where she came out on that. So I was really sort of shocked at this, um, cause it felt very ham handed to me, but, um, I see right. Kyle, Kyle unmuting. Kyle, did you want to weigh in on this one? Yeah, he does. I get, I, I understand <laughs> he might, but I am really, I was like, honestly kind of disgusted, but go ahead. Uh, I guess I had a different take on 
specifically the end of WandaVision, which is that I really don't think that Wanda really grappled very strongly with her actions in that series. And, um, you know, the, the degree to which she had kind of completely mentally broken down uh, was really evident from the very beginning. And that series is lighthearted for the most part. And much of it was played for laughs, but, you know, she's been in real delusional, essentially, you know, broken into psychosis territory for, you know, since, since the first moment of that series. And um, so I didn't have a particularly tough time with this, particularly considering that series ends with her uh, acquiring a book that uh, is so evil that it corrupts everybody who reads it and, uh, you know, encourages them to act in evil ways, which is the Darkhold, which plays a very large role in this film. Um, so I did not have a particularly tough time with her breakdown. And I, uh, I, it, for a variety of reasons, I very, very much enjoyed this film. And so I guess I just had a very different re read on it than H.A. Um, and Elizabeth Olsen's uh, performance as uh, Scarlet Witch was definitely one of them. I thought that she was absolutely spectacular in the role and uh, in, in many ways heartbreaking as her counterpart from the other um, universe, uh, very terrifying and um you know brutal and i just really thought that she knocked it out of the park and and i i was on board with what with where her character went from here and i thought it was reasonably well set up by the end of wandavision which she she collapsed that hex and freed the town only very begrudgingly and and did not really seem to me to um to have grappled with the extent of what she did but that's like the whole point was that she knew that by letting the town go like vision everybody else that she knew like the pain that she was going to be in and that was a very deliberate decision so i feel like this negated that entire thing and that really really troubles me and it especially troubles me just how really two-dimensional they made her character in this because i really do love her character and um, I just didn't really buy it. And so I was kind of pissed during the entire, this entire film. Uh, <laughs> H.A. Conrad sits with fists clenched in the movie theater. I, I think did. both of you are correct here. I, I think you're both, you're both making good points and, uh, and I had no idea what was going on. So I agree with both of you. Um, <laughs> nice, nice try at peacemaking. I'm cool with people having that opinion. I just was like really disappointed because I think Scarlet Witch is such a cool character and, um, I honestly was hoping they would give it an out by explaining that this was some kind of different multiverse, uh, a different part of the multiverse, but you know, um, but anyway, let, let's get into this. Um, I will say I am a huge, um, fan of Mr. Raimi. So, and I felt like he was definitely present throughout this, but especially during the last part of this film. Um, and you know, I like, Evil Dead. I know Stuart has different feelings about some of this and some of the way that this plays, but um, I always, I always like a good Raimi, uh, uh, like jaunt. And I did like, like the 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 quickness of this, the humor in this. I I thought that the it was really a lot of fun. Um, aside I, from I my agree. big right. 
I think Raimi was apparent. He was evident, right? And uh, in the oh, yeah. in the in the way that he was moving the camera around in some scenes, um, the the details are getting blurry in my in the in the rearview mirror here. But I do recall some shots where I was just like, "Oh yeah, he's moving the camera like it's the uh, invisible evil presence outside the cabin." Yeah. Uh, and then there's Bruce Campbell shows up. You're like, oh, "Yeah, okay." All I, I think we were missing, and maybe it was in a shot, was the orange car. Uh, you know, yep. his his uh, classic, whatever the hell it is. Uh, but yeah, I definitely was feeling the Raimi, and I thought that you know, like it didn't it didn't feel discordant at all to me, even though he has a very different style than several many of the other directors who've taken on uh, Marvel or MCU projects. Kyle, what did, were you were you enjoying his uh, his approach? Yes, and. You know, I'm I'm not like a Raimi super fan, especially Evil Dead. I I have watched Evil Dead and I I appreciate them for kind of the impact that they've had. But I'm it, it's not like a movie that I watch on like a regular basis and go back to or anything. Um, but this was definitely it, uh, what I liked about it was it kind of tied together all of the elements of Raimi's career. You know, he he. There's a very extended, and the reason we're talking about it on this show, there's a very extended zombie kind of reanimation uh, sequence at the end of this that's very reminiscent of of Evil Dead oh, um, yeah. and Evil Dead Two. There, he he also is a multi-time comic book uh, and superhero director, uh, not just with the three Spider-Man films, but also with Darkman, which is uh, a very interesting and but also very bad movie from the 90s. Um, so <laughs> I don't know I, what you're talking about. That was an incredible piece of my art. <laughs> so it kind of like ties together to me uh, his whole filmography and to some extent because he's doing superheroes, he's doing zombies, he's doing Dutch angles, he's got jump scares in here. Definitely the cra- the scariest uh, MCU film. Um, and, uh, you know, this this phase of Marvel has been kind of hit or miss because they have been letting people do a little bit more stylistically uh, with the films. So, you know, for a long time, we were stuck in um, the kind of infinity saga, which was really dominated by the Russo brothers who directed both of the Captain America movies, civil war and um, Oh, the second one, which is the first Avenger or whatever. No, no, the first Avenger is the first one. Um, it's one winter Robert. soldier thank yeah. you yeah um and then both the uh, infinity war and Endgame, and the, they were uh, really good for that storyline but they were very bland visually i think those are some of the like many of those really had a very kind of dull murky look to them and so um it's really nice to see somebody with a little bit more visual styling coming in oh, and, yeah. and putting their stamp on things and so I think this kind of joins Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor Ragnarok by Taika Waititi as like a a Marvel movie where the director really was allowed to kind of flex their um, their creative muscles as well. And, you know, they're, they're hitting all the points that Kevin Feige and the rest of the Marvel people need them to hit, but they're getting there, you know, via their own via their own ways. And so it's a very, very Sam Raimi filmed oh yeah and um one of my and that's one thing that nighthawk does that i really love is that before certain films will come up they'll do like limited screenings of like classic films and so they actually had um like a showing or like a week where drag me to hell 
was being played at the theater, which mm-hmm. unfortunately I missed because I just didn't realize they were doing it. Um, and there's definitely elements of that and that visualization in this film. Um, like I felt his influence a lot from the cinematography point of view. And if you haven't seen Drag Me to Hell, it is fun. And despite my aversion to possession and, and you know, evil curses and things like that, it is really good. Um, I don't know if either of you have ever seen it, but it's really, it's like, and ju- and it features Justin Long, weirdly enough. Oh. Um, he's one of the main characters in it. Um, so anyway, I, I agree with you, Kyle. I feel like this was sort of a, I thought it was just fun to watch this from that perspective. And it to me, it brought a lot more to the film than than we've seen sometimes in the MCU. So... Um, so I'd like to bring up a couple of the, like standout moments or or characters and things like that, if um, rather than go through the plot, because, you know, it, it's uh, circuitous, to say the least. Um, I would say uh, I was I was really interested in um, the character America Chavez, played by Sochi uh, Gomez. I think that that she was like a really valuable. I mean, she's a little bit one note in terms of what her powers are at first, but I think there's a lot more to, I don't know anything about her comic book character, um, but I was also just really happy to see the sort of inclusion that she was there to, to, to bring to the, to the universe and to the film. And I liked the way that she and Benedict Cumberbatch kind of uh, got along throughout the the film too. And I don't know if you guys uh, enjoyed her, her part or if. I liked her a lot. I yeah. thought that she was great. I also thought that the two actors had an, an enormous amount of chemistry. Yeah. Um, so I thought that that, and honestly, if they didn't, this would have been a really terrible film to watch. Um, <laughs> so I really thought that that was um, like one of the best parts of this. And they set it up pretty well, even from the beginning. Um, and so that I, I was really impressed with how this played out. And I love I thought she was a great character. Um, so and I also like how she has knowledge that he doesn't and is kind of like trying to educate him about different things. Um, and they had they, they this was just like to me, it was a delight to watch. Um, so I just and he was he was excellent, as he always is. Yeah. So. He's a class act. Yeah, he's really grown into that role, role, too. I remember being a little iffy about him in the first Doctor Strange, but I think in all of his subsequent appearances, he's he's really found the right mix of arrogance and, you know, kind of wry comedy that, that fits that character. I liked America Chavez as well. You know, it's a weird thing for me to wish for um, because my general... Uh, my my old man yells at cloud things to it is that I think movies are too long. <laughs> like, where is the 90 minute movie? Like what happened to it? It was so good. You could start a movie and finish it, you know, like in a reasonable amount of time. It feels like every movie now is two and a half to three hours, which is just ridiculous. Um, Iris 32, my man, Iris 32. <laughs> but I will say this movie was a brisk, like, one hour 57 minutes and i i could have used another 10 minutes of of america developing her 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 powers a little bit because basically the climax of this movie is essentially a pep talk from (laughs) i'm sure we'll talk about this a lot more uh, because it's a pep talk from an unusual source um but a pep talk to her where 
Dr. Strange is basically just like, you can do it. And she's like, I can't. And he's like, yes, you can. And she's like, oh my God, I just have to punch everything. Yes, I can. And then she just starts like basically kicking ass and taking names. And it was like, oh, that came a little bit out of left field. It's a little more setup of this where she has some level of, you know, of development of of that so yeah, it's a we weird thing a, for me to wish we, that they would be longer little, but i thought that could be a little longer. we see a little bit of that with her just when you know in the in one part but mm-hmm. agree i think that they did that a little mm-hmm. too swiftly um and within this within this you know I think it could have used a little bit more in certain spots and not in others but they do manage to cram in an awful lot of little cameos into this whole thing um you know we like i don't want to should we spoil? I guess we can spoil it because it's been out for a while now. But oh, we're, I mean, we're yeah, we're spoiling. Don't we're worry spoiling about it. But I mean, you've got you've got Patrick Stewart in this. You've got uh, John Krasinski in it. Um, Haley Atwell. Um, all these uh, people sort of like jumping in, and uh, you know, I, that I was really I knew about I knew about uh, Patrick Stewart and John Krasinski and, and Haley Atwell, but I was still very psyched to see them nonetheless. Um, yeah. And- but it, I felt like those parts I would I felt like those parts were harder for me to sort of get my mind around because I didn't fully buy. I would have liked a little bit more in some of those scenes because it didn't it just didn't sit completely well with me. Um, you know, just and maybe this is just me being more partial to Mr. Charles Xavier, um, uh, to Dr. Charles Xavier and and not believing that he would be succumb so quickly to such a power. But um you know, I, but, but overall, I kind of agree with you, Kyle, in that I wish it, there were parts of this that I wish had kind of developed a little bit more, um, in certain areas. Um, and that one you're describing is definitely one of them. The, the section in the alternative earth that they get stuck on for an extended period in the middle of the film, mm-hmm. um, which is where, where you're talking about, they, they meet, uh, the Illuminati who are kind of, uh, uh, the I would say like the top all of the top tier superheroes who have not yet appeared in a Marvel movie. <laughs> um, so you have uh, Rich Reeds of the Fantastic Four. You have Charles Xavier. Um, you have Black Bolt. Uh, you have the Peggy Carter version of Captain Carter, which is a tieback to an episode of What If. Mm-hmm. Um, and and when we talk about the zombie element of this. I want to talk about what if a little bit more, but I thought that was very fascinating little tie in from that series. Um, and, and I, that, especially that scene there, there's just a virtuoso scene in the middle of the film where things go very, very wrong for that team. And you I realize just how scene. powerful uh, Elizabeth Olsen is or uh, Scarlet Witch is. And I thought that was to me, the highlight of the movie, like <laughs> just, just the the um the ease with which she dispatches that that team was fabulous and you know they can kind of like mealy mouth their way around it a little bit ha um by saying you know oh that professor x is not our professor x so maybe he's just not as strong or capable uh because he you know hasn't been through precisely the same stuff he's this other version so he may not have the same powers but also, you know, comics wise and in the MCU, uh, Wanda Maximoff is extremely powerful. Oh, and no, so, she definitely yeah. is. She definitely is. But um, especially since they go through all the trouble bringing Dr. Xavier in, I would have just liked a little bit more 
just a bit more like tussling with him dragging uh, Wanda out of her little brain box that she's been trapped in, like her little prison there. That yeah. I just would have liked a slight amount more of that. Um, because I think it would have, you know, I think it obviously hits home how powerful Scarlet Witch is, but um, it just, to me, it felt like it would have been nice to have a, just a tad more on that. Yeah. Um, and maybe in this part, which is a little bit of where you see America Chavez's powers, you could have expanded on that more so that it wouldn't have been such a shock at the end or such a sort of big, complete turnaround at the end. Um, that didn't fully, I don't know that they fully built that. Um it's kind of fun for me to to think about like what happened on Earth eight three eight after this. Like they lost their top five dudes and ladies, right. uh, except for Carl Carl Mordo is left alive. Um, as far as we know, we don't see him die. So all they have is a Sorcerer Supreme, and I guess maybe some X Men. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I, yeah, I was talking to a friend who was like, "Oh, I kind of wish, you know, or there'd been a rumor that Tom Cruise was going to show up as their Iron Man." I don't know if you guys heard about that because they were, apparently he was seen on set, um, and I I was like, I, I don't know exactly how they would do that because he can't be Tony Stark because everybody is still themselves. Like you don't right. have. You don't have a different looking Tony Stark, but I guess he could be like Chuck Stark, you know, Tony's cousin. Um, or or they could have got Don Cheadle to come in instead of being War Machine could have been Iron Man. Um, so they had obviously as soon as you get into the multiverse, the options are limitless. I think it was really cool the way that they did the scene. And John Krasinski had an amazing end <laughs> to his life. Yeah, I, uh, I, I quite like John Krasinski as a. Um... Reed Richards, and I can't understand why they would introduce him here and then not have him play that role in the upcoming Fantastic Four movie. So I um oh, who's playing Reed Richards in that? We don't. I mean, it's, it has not been announced yet, but okay. I mean, and so it's it's not him for sure. But I I cannot understand why they would introduce him here in that role and then not not use him in other, not use yeah, him again. Already. So um. I'm I'm looking forward to that because I think he did a good job with his limited amount of screen time here, uh, kind of being, you know, uh, sympathetic, but also uh, determined and then also way too arrogant for his own good. Yeah, these dudes, uh, you know, they executed their version of Doctor Strange, um, which is like kind of an insane. Uh, well, they they obviously had a reason why they were doing it, but it's it's something that you can't really imagine our version of the multi, our, our world, uh, mm -hmm. our world's heroes doing, except for the fact that now Wanda is one of them and she was clearly the worst of the entire multiverse potentially. So I guess all things are still options. Uh, but I agree that the Illuminati stuff is the highlight of this entire film. It's probably two thirds of the way through it, uh, and it, and, but it's a lot of fun. And I would say that the scenes after the Illuminati is handled, and Wanda is chasing our little band of uh, scrappy band of heroes through those tunnels. Those were uh, some of the scenes that were used in the trailer that made me think there were going to be more zombies, that there would be a Wanda zombie because of the way she's limping. There was blood on her face. Um, she and the way she was framed in the trailer, I thought she was a zombie, uh, leading to me thinking there were going to be more zombies in this movie than we actually got. So I, I will say that that was like a gripe that I have from trailer to uh, realized film did not get all the zombies I wanted. 
got got half. Yeah. I also want to, sorry, I just want to hop back and just talk about the fact, you know, she did dispatch all these people so very easily, including a version of Cap- Captain Marvel. So like oh, that, that too. And that Captain Marvel was fantastic. So, um, and that is, uh, well, like, Maria Rambo is the yeah, character, the character uh, but like, uh, that I thought that was, um, she was just, uh, played by, uh, Lashana Lynch and that I thought was a really, you know, we've seen Captain Marvel out of this group of people, we've seen Captain Marvel's powers, like just how incredible and how insane they are. And so the fact that she's able to dispatch her so very easily is is pretty um pretty indicative of her level of of power and also insanity. Um but I agree with you, Stuart. I also thought that this was the sort of like I wasn't sure how they I thought they were gonna go down the what if path and this was her zombie sort of emergence somehow. And that clearly is not what they did here. Yeah, what well, um, they did a big fake out here, which is yeah. you know the when uh, when that what if came out, you know it was kind of, it it was almost played with the same kind of tone as the um, as the Love and Robots short that we just watched. Like it it, it was very tongue in cheek, right? Like it, there there were moments of it that were kind of like heavy, but also like you know no nobody was really reacting in a way that they wouldn't a true horror movie. I remember there's like a time when they had to like, uh, you know, dispatch a zombified like Peggy Carter or something. And then someone makes a joke, like oh, you got, you got Peggy on you or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, so uh, when we, then when this trailer came out, we discussed it on this podcast during one of the episodes of all of us are dead. And uh, you know, the assumption was that the zombies would be coming from the zombie multiverse. Universe. Yeah. yeah. That was kind of exciting. They did tie in what if in other ways, but they did not uh, decide to, that's not how they got to the zombies, which uh, I I was also a little bit bummed by. So the the main way that we get a zombie in this movie is a very very much Evil Dead style reanimated corpse kind of thing and not so much of a brains, mindless shuffling kind of thing. Um, And it... uh, of course, happens with uh, Doctor Strange essentially like warging to use the Game of Thrones, um, <laughs> yeah, nomenclature totally. into his own into one of his own corpses that he had brought back to from another universe early in the film. So it's kind of like a what do you call it? Like a Chekhov's Chekhov's corpse um, that they bury at the beginning of the film and then busts out at the end and which, this- which you know i feel like they were signaling this heavily because i was like oh there's a zombie you know what i mean like i oh, i yeah. kind of i i kind of knew that's where they were going but didn't and you I- think I, I was convinced that guy was going to reanimate because of whatever uh the, the means of his death we didn't understand what oh yeah killed him. i kind of thought that too and i was hope but i was also in agree like i was hoping that kyle's conjecture and our earlier conjecture was was going to be like that somehow that they would come out of the the zombie multiverse yeah and maybe this thing would be involved i didn't fully call exactly what they were going to do but then when they did it i'm like oh no you didn't just do that did you oh <laughs> um but they did and and so uh that was a little disappointing to me yeah uh, yeah uh I, I thought that the, uh, the the effects of how they you know went on to use this uh, reanimated version of Doctor Strange, I thought it was pretty smart. 
it wasn't the way I wanted it to go either, but you know, fine. The way they did it, it did remind me a little bit of the movie ghosts. I don't know if you guys have seen that recently, but uh, look, the spirits of the undead try to drag you to hell. Like, except I feel like in that movie, the special effects that they used were like paper bags. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> do you remember those scenes? Those were hilarious. Yeah, I have not seen it in a while, but I know that it's got to be incredibly dated at this point. Um, uh, they, they do a similar sort of approach, but then the way that they uh, evolve that is it turns into one of the coolest visuals of this movie is that cloak of spirits that he has. Oh, yeah. And that very that's so Raimi. That whole thing is very Raimi and very. There's like, like evil dead, drag me to hell elements, but done with a much better uh, set of skills and, and technology to make it look as cool as it does. Yeah, I think the zombie strange sequence at the end here is just fabulous. Like it's so much fun. It's like so bonkers, banana, like, you know, maximalist, weird. They've totally stopped trying to explain anything so like what what is what is the hell where where are these spirits coming from they're just like whatever go with it there's magic yep. and witches and all kinds of shit in here like it, they're they're spirits from somewhere and they're because of the magic and they're you know trying to drag him you know back down um dr strange has already kind of introduced this idea of gods though with dormammu in the first movie like yeah. they live in other planes. They're as you, they're, they might just be celestials. Like I'm not going to try and go down this, this rabbit hole, but Dr. Strange has dabbled in this before is all I'm going to say, like with, with that kind of stuff, the God well, of whatever he was more recently, Moon Knight uh, spent yeah. an extended amount yes. of time in the, in the afterlife with some sort of like afterlife spirits. And uh, I forget the name of the like hippo God who drives the boat in that. Um, I Tara Wet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she alludes to other forms of afterlife that other, you know, that other people guard and stuff like that. So it's, I've, I just figured it was a different version Jesus. of the afterlife than the one we saw in Moon Knight. So complicated. I, MCU. <laughs> I can't even, sorry, Kyle, you were like in the middle of a thought though. I rejected. Um, well, like what afterlife, uh, the scene, the scene continues. Uh, and I just feel like it, it's it's like an unlikely battle of uh, of wills between Scarlet Witch. She was just like, yeah, okay, I could fight off the uh, the spirits of the undead or whatever. Uh, and, and it kind of culminates in that scene we uh, that you were talking about earlier, where Zombie Strange is giving uh, America Chavez some like <laughs> some advice about how she always took us to the right place every time, even when she didn't know what she was doing. That that's all she needs to to start punching stars through the. Uh, through the universe just has to believe i mean the 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 way that she defeats uh scarlet witch here is it's great maybe some of you saw it coming i was like i don't know man everything they throw at her she she can beat but she can't beat herself uh you know she can she clearly does she beats herself up pretty badly mm -hmm. um but the seeing the kids crying and being rejected by them is enough to to flip the switch i guess again that got flipped at the end of wandavision is potentially our takeaway yeah uh that, that's all that's all you need i was amused at this part of the film by imagining somebody watching this movie who had not seen wandavision 
because her children are not introduced pre WandaVision. <laughs> so, nope. But the, the viewership of WandaVision is definitely lower than the viewership of this movie. So there are a bunch of people who are just like, like where are these kids, where are these where kids are these coming kids? from? <laughs> uh, so uh, I just, I just think they, should, you know, that that's, that's the blessing and the curse of what Marvel's doing here. It, you know, if you, if you fall behind, you get lost like Stuart. <laughs> I, I've been doing, I mean, I've been watching stuff. I just can't remember it all anymore. You know, that's my, that's my failure. Um, so I would like my takeaways other than being confused and lost the entire time. Uh, not as, not as much zombie as I wanted. Um, was there another tie into what if that you wanted to, uh, or was it just like the, what if zombie episode, Kyle, that you wanted to talk about? Oh, just that, just that, uh, Peggy Carter's version of Captain Carter is also from uh, a True. different. Yeah. Uh, is it, is it from the zombie episode of what if, uh, it might be. I think she, it might be. I thought it was a separate one. Uh, cause I think it's actually Captain, Amer- Captain America, um, Chris Rogers, no, Steve Rogers. Oh yeah, is, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. There, there is a whole different one. He is, she, yeah, yeah. He's in the zombie one. Yeah. Uh, and I don't remember. I haven't rewatched that one recently enough. Uh, so credit scenes, post credit scenes. I walked out after the first one. I think there might have been another one with Bruce Campbell at the very end, right? That I didn't see. From yeah, what he I just stopped sponging himself. Yeah. Uh, pizza Papa Pizza was his name or something. Yeah, something like that. He makes the pizza balls and he stopped punching himself after several days. That was actually a pretty funny scene where America is like, yeah, you don't, most places don't use money. (laughs) And he's like, hey, you got to pay for those? So, so yeah. Um, It was a decently enjoyable film once I, you know, my head stopped spinning. Um, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, this is going to keep going on, I think, until I don't know when this train is going to stop running but if it's starting to it's starting to feel pretty unwieldy to me just in terms of like we were saying before the amount of lore that you're expected to know and the uh the wand where do wanda's children come from syndrome of not watching every single spinoff it's it's gonna get at some point too top heavy yeah i i i think that this is one of the films that if you hadn't and you know even if you're a fan and even if you're watching all this stuff, if you didn't do some sort of review before watching this, I agree with Kyle. Like I, I was also thinking the same thing um, because I had done that. And even a couple of spots, I was like, Oh, I, I don't, I mean, I need to go back and look at this again after seeing this. And I, I thought I had done my prep pretty well. Um, so I can't imagine, you know, the, the, I guess a lot of people just would go to it and just kind of roll with it. I don't know, but they're definitely, <laughs> it does require some research or, or background to be able to fully um, understand some of the the plot lines um, and definitely some of the references. Yeah. Um, so yes. I tend to agree that it's, that's got to be the point where it's unwieldy. So I'm just not sure what's going to be next. Um, but well, I don't I think we're going to get our, our Marvel our Marvel Zombies movie. I just I, I feel like that that opportunity was here and they they didn't go they didn't for it. it. Well, they, so, said they, they said they were going to uh, develop it into its own TV series, though. Animated TV series. I'm not sure if it's still happening or not. I have a really tough time picturing how that would yield Agreed. enough for a TV series, but it, it is apparently coming. But yeah, I, my I, I enjoyed this film. It sounds like a little bit more than both of you did, but I don't think it's top tier in the MCU, um, and my main note is uh, more zombies, please. Oh, I mean, I didn't 
not enjoy it, Kyle. I did enjoy it. And I thought Benedict Cumberbatch was great. And I think, you know, I like even when he was appearing in the most recent Spider-Man film, I really loved those scenes with him. Um, and I thought that that kind of was fun, too. So I and they, you know, and they talk about the multiverse and that. So it's um, I just, you know, I think I was just very disappointed that they didn't do more with the the zombie multiverse piece of it, which I really was I truly thought was going to show up in this in a different and better way than it did. Um, but I still enjoyed it and overall um, had a fun time at this, despite what the server said. <laughs> so. <laughs> Everything everywhere all at once was the better movie. The server was correct. Uh, I still have not seen that. So I, that's, that's on my list, but uh, you know, but I still had fun with this. I love the MCU. This is to me, I just really love the whole franchise. So I have no real beef with this. I would say it's also by far, like by far the weirder multiverse film. Like the weirdness meter on this one is like a eight. The weirdness meter on that one is like a 99. Oh, is this the Michelle Yeoh movie? Yeah. Yeah. And is it set in the multi, is it set in Marvel or no? No, 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 it is not a Marvel Different. Okay. It is just about multiple universes collapsing together. And there's something about googly eyes. I kept seeing this gif about googly yes. eyes. So okay. there is something about googly eyes. And Jamie uh, Lee Curtis is in it. It's got a great cast. Um, it's really good. So um, yeah, no so zombies I have to though. See it. No zombies. Totally. That's okay. I'm not. I'm not a one trick pony, Kyle. I can. So, I can branch out. We're gonna do. Uh, we should talk about though uh, what we're gonna do next. Uh, those um, are both June third is. Um, it probably next will not Friday. be Fear the Walking Dead when season seven B because honestly, who cares? We might just sum it up at one point, but I'm not really that motivated to even sit down and watch it. Uh, this has been a, a lot of fun to go through kind of what is a, a little off of our beaten path uh, for, for reanimated, but you know, like it's, it's, it was still cool. Uh, and Sam Raimi does, does good work. So I appreciate you guys coming on and, and talking about the Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness. Um, and I hope that our listeners can give us a holler and let us know what they think about it on reanimated PCAST at Twitter. Uh, reanimated podcast at gmail.com and our show notes are online at reanimatedpodcast.com. And uh, I hope everybody's having a safe and productive Memorial day. And um, you know, it's, it's a bit of a somber day for a lot of people, but it's also a day of barbecues and, and having a good time. And I think that's a, an interesting mix that's uh, that's out there right now. So that's good. Yeah, uh, and thank you everybody for listening. Until and thank you, Kyle, for cameoing. And until next time, ciao. See, so right after your moving talk, my catch on the flip side just seems like too too flip. Too flip. <laughs> it's the flip side. Thank you for having me back. It was a lot of fun. Anytime. All right. Uh, ciao for now.